Jonathan, TJ, and Allie discuss what discuss busyness and discuss the the grind. So, without further ado, TJ and Allie. And Jonathan. And Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. Welcome to the grind. We got our coffee. <laughs> got my nice little sloth. It's all for show. Okay. <laughs> Hi, guys. What's up, Jonathan? What's up? How are you? I'm doing really well. Just had a good laugh before all this. So, <laughs> so did we. Yeah, yeah, we were having a good time. So yeah, so throughout this series, we've been kind of exploring the idea of being countercultural. You know, mm -hmm. living a life that's different than the uh, world that surrounds us. You know, but not just for the sake of standing out, but because of the fact that when we accept Jesus into our lives, the way we function day to day, it really, really changes. You know, and I think we had the, the blessing of Caitlin kicking us off. You know, she showed us that even though the even while the rest of the world is shook, that we could trust in an unshakable God. Mm -hmm. And that we could point people to him. And then we had the awesome blessing of Eric uh, showing us that even though the world debates, you know, day in and day out about who the greatest of all time is, that Jesus has shown us time and time again that he's the GOAT. You know, uh, we have this tens tendency to think that um, living life a certain way or thinking that, you know, th that's just the way that it was meant to be. But Jesus shows us that, like, there's something better. There's something better than just what we consider, you know, normal. And so today we're going to have a conversation about something else that we've grown accustomed to. You know, this idea of the grind, this idea that. We just have to keep moving and keep hustling, you know, every single day to get what we want. So, uh, what do you guys think? Do you, uh, what do you What do you think the culture says about the grind and about that busyness that we've all grown accustomed to? I think in our culture, a lot of time we like kind of like glorify busyness. Like we tend to wear it as like this badge of honor, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think we like to talk about how busy we are. We like to tell people, like, listen, like, I got stuff to do, places to go, people to see, mm -hmm. and that kind of our culture, they kind of ingrained in us, like, you're supposed to live life, like, being the Energizer Bunny. Like, yeah. go, 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 do all this stuff, and, like, if you can't handle the grind, then then you're weak. Like, you're weak for wanting to maybe yeah. slow down or take a break, or, like, you're weak for wanting to change like the pace of life that you've been moving at and so if we don't want to seem weak or that we just like can't handle what life requires of us in our culture yeah. um i don't know that's kind of looked down upon we can all have the same kind of value yeah mm. yeah which is interesting it's almost like america's countercultural to most other cultures in the world because even within the american culture mm -hmm. there was this idea of the more money you had the more leisure time you had, the more successful you were, right? The more leisure time you had, the higher status you were because you weren't working 10 to 16 hour days, right? So there was this concept that the, the less you worked, the more successful you were. But there's almost been this like shift within our culture here in the last 100 years um, that, it, that has moved from almost saying your leisure time is your status to now your product, almost like your busyness, right. is your status now. Because it's no longer about necessarily the brands you wear. Like those are so important. They have like this materialistic status, but it's almost that um, you're more important the busier you are. And so I think 
uh, our culture loves this concept because it's really the mask of the American dream of saying the busy you are the busier you are the more successful you are because you are pursuing you are going you are running mm-hmm. but most of the yeah. time it feels like in our culture that a lot of people don't know where they're running they just gotta hurry they mm-hmm. have to hustle they have to mm-hmm. grind and then when they really process it they don't really know what for because our culture never really answers that question mm-hmm. you know yeah. like if it's hard for me to get your time you're more valuable yeah schedules and busy yeah which is crazy like when we think about a lot of the people who have influence in our lives and in our culture like celebrities or bosses or even even certain just friends in our life you know there's there's this uh, like it's modeled that like the busier you are the more successful you look yeah should this should this be the norm um, that's a good question <laughs> that's, that's a good question yeah I mean, it is the norm. Should it be the norm? No. Um, I don't know. Like, I think our culture tells us, like, okay, busyness is the way to, like, to have this satisfying, uh, like, sort of life. And if busyness, like, is the answer, then it makes me think of, like, then why am I always anxious when I'm, like, hustling? Or why am I always depressed? Or why am I losing my joy? Or why, like, don't I... uh, like experience peace in my life when I'm like on the grind when I'm going 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 doing 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 like so if this is the way life was supposed to be designed or supposed to be modeled because that's like the most satisfying way then the effects that I feel in my life aren't satisfying at all from anxiety depression lack of joy no peace so I feel like that should be like a red flag or like an mm-hmm. indicator that um that like this this shouldn't be the norm if that's like things that we are feeling experiencing in our lives it's like the goalpost of our satisfaction just keeps moving. Right, you, yeah. you can never, you can never reach it, never reach it, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. scrambling. Which makes it so much sense why we continue to see like the rise of like anxiety and depression and just a sense of like purposelessness mm-hmm. that a lot of our culture is experiencing. That we continue to get spoon-fed busyness. Mm-hmm. We hear this will keep you, you know, and, and we we take that because. Um, it, it's what's satisfying us in that moment, but um, should it be normal? I think when we say that those are red flags, there's something we do need to assess. To say, I don't think living a life feeling like this, feeling empty and purposelessness and, and rushed and, and feeling burnout or on the verge of burnout isn't really the way that, it shouldn't be the normal way of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I don't really think that God created us to even, you know, to live that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that if we look at the uh, beginning of Scripture, if we, if we ask ourselves that question, the resounding answer is no. Mm-hmm. You know, when He created us, God's desire for us was to be productive. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge difference between God's productivity and our, our busyness. You know, God's productivity... Uh, it keeps our focus on Him. It gives us a sense of balance in our lives, and it's it's life giving. Yeah. Uh, you know, Colossians three seventeen says, "Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One." So when we look at God's productivity, it points to and glorifies God in every way. And I think, when going back to Scripture, we. We see this in Adam and Eve's life. Mm-hmm. 
lives. You know, when they interacted with and explored God's creation, their work celebrated everything about who God was. And then all of a sudden, you know, when the fall comes, we see that their focus changes, right? Yeah, we, we end up seeing, like, the moment that they take their eyes off Jesus, that they're instantly rushing to, like, hide from God, right? Yeah. They're, like, scrambling. They're, like, trying to, like, make their clothes, you know? They're, like, okay, but they immediately went into, like, hustle mode. Yeah, hustle mode. So, like, yeah. Like, yeah. I like what you said about scrambling, because I think it points to this shift in, in culture that we see from that moment on. You know, humanity since Adam and Eve turned their, turned their uh, point of view from God, we've been scrambling. Yeah. You know, we look at all these other accounts, like the Tower of Babel, they scrambled to build this tower to find their way to God, mm-hmm. and on and on and on throughout the generations. And then something, something happened, something beautiful. We see Jesus enter the scene again. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he finds himself in this world that's defined by this busyness. So he, said, he sets about the work of, of changing that. He sets about the work of shifting our focus uh, back towards God. Uh, in John 12, 28, it says, For I have come to fulfill my purpose, to offer myself to God. So, Father, bring glory to your name. Then suddenly a booming voice was heard from the sky, which said, I have glorified my name, and I will glorify it through you again. So when we look at the work of Jesus, it was to glorify God. And, and because of that, uh, we see evidence all of a sudden now of God's productivity all over again in the life of Jesus. We see this life and this sense of balance pour out of him. Yeah, and I feel like we end up reading that through Jesus' life, right? Like, mm-hmm. as Jesus lives and like, walks in his ministry. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, as he continues his life, we, we see clear examples of this godly productivity. Um, I think specifically of, uh, it's in Matthew 8, if you guys are familiar with it, it's when Jesus calms the storm. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that don't know that account, um, Jesus and his disciples were on a boat, and then all of a sudden they find themselves in the middle of this really nasty storm. And so the disciples are scrambling. They're like, what are we going to do? And they're looking for Jesus, and where do they find him? Taking a nap. Sleeping. Just snoozing. Yeah. <laughs> he just snoozing. Yeah, he's, he's below the deck snoozing. And I think when people read that passage, they think to themselves, you know, do you think that he was just being lazy about confronting the storm, you know, while everyone else is panicking? Is God not hands-on enough? I'd be really hesitant to call Jesus lazy. <laughs> that question oh, makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but right, like, was Jesus just being lazy? I think he just, he wasn't rushed because he knew, like, the right time for mm-hmm. him to, like, intercede and, and to yeah. step in. So he had peace knowing, like, I can stay here a little longer because, like, this is the right time for me to me to step in and to, to change the course of what, the storm. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a power move right there. Like, Jesus knew when to get up. He wasn't rushed yeah. because nothing was controlling him. Yeah. That weather had nothing on him. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like that moment that Jesus was like, why Why are you nervous? Like, I can control this. Mm-hmm. And, like, I have the ability to calm the storm. And, you know, we see yeah. that. And uh, it's really cool because later on in Matthew, we see Jesus, again, in the, in the midst of a storm, but this time he's not napping. You know, he's walking on the water in the midst of all these winds blowing from different directions. 
So we look at these two accounts, one where Jesus was napping, and you know, one where he's walking on the water, but the truth is, in both accounts, he's being just as productive. And how? You know, that's the question. What, how could he be just as productive, you know, doing two totally different things? And I think uh, his motivation to get things done, you know, wasn't centered around the fear of his followers, you know, who were pushing him to be busy. You know, his followers, you know, out of their fear, they were like, you got to move, Jesus, you got to move. Yeah. But he was operating out of the promises that came from his father. He was operating out of this peace and security that came from, you know, knowing who God was. And it allowed him to have peace yeah. in the middle of all, of, of all the chaos. Yeah. He wasn't hurried, but he got things done when mm -hmm. they needed to get done because God is always on time. Yeah, that's powerful. It's powerful to see because you see when you start living according to, like, you know, Jesus says, I'm about my father's business. You know, and that line alone is so powerful. You know, he says it as a kid, <laughs> you know, that he already understands that um, regardless of what his followers think or his parents think or culture is saying, that he says, my priority is what God has for me. That's my to-do list for today is what my father is asking me to do the people to talk to, the places to go, the things to read, you know, that was that was the way Jesus was able to like walk in that concept of rest and productivity. And that sounds so freeing. That's like yeah. sounds so that sounds so freeing right now. I'm talking about that. You know, I think we see that again in John eleven. We see a Jesus who's operating out of the will of his father mm -hmm. when he raises Lazarus from the dead. You know, uh, Mary and Martha and everyone in the funeral they were in tears. They were like, man, if Jesus was only a little bit faster. Yeah, they're like, hurry, hey, Jesus, you would have hurried <laughs> up. You would have just been <laughs> smoking around, you know. <laughs> but Jesus loved Lazarus. I think Lazarus is one of the few people, uh, that, that family is one of the few people where it says Jesus genuinely had a real love for them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, so Jesus, when he got there, he wept too, but it wasn't that you know, weeping out of this fact that he was being late. You know, he wept because he looked around him and he saw brokenness, you know? He saw the grip that death had on the people that he like really, really genuinely loved. Mm -hmm. And he realized, man, the only way I can break this grip of death is to offer my own life. Mm -hmm. So Jesus arrived just in time because the power to raise Lazarus from the dead came from his own sacrifice. Mm -hmm which brought ultimate glory to God. Yeah. And that's what we're saying is part of godly productivity, you know, pointing to God, bringing glory to Him. Mm. You know, He's showing us that uh, we don't have to live a life of busyness because there's no such thing as wasted time in God's kingdom. Mm. Wow, that's, that's drop. Really okay. Yeah, yeah, there's no wasted time in God's kingdom. That's a hard lesson to learn, but it's true. Mm -hmm. He knows what He's doing. And so I guess, you know, we look at these truths, you know, we see how Jesus is operating. But why, if Jesus could find, you know, that sense of peace, if he could find that sense of productivity, why can't we find it? What's, what's yeah. going on in our lives? Yeah, I think that's a really good question because we, we seek that, right? We're, we're seeking these, the, this sense of rest to live in purpose and mission like Jesus did. And... And I think somewhere along the lines, we end up settling for things that really don't satisfy, the things that can cover, 
because we think that busyness gives us certain things, right? And in their lives, though, like busyness doesn't give us um, certain things, right? It, it like masks, it covers the symptoms, but it never really gets to the core of the sickness of what's happening within us that we're lacking, right? But busyness then ends up blanketing it and, and it looks a little better. And uh, especially with all these lies, I think as like we talked about it, you know, around the circle, um, that we have four, like four really strong specific lies that we believe that busyness gives us. And I think the first one, which is, uh, you know, strikes a little closer to home is like busyness gives us comfort. Like this lie that busyness gives us comfort, that as we continue to stay busy, there's a, this self-medication because you're staying busy with things that are exciting, that are pleasurable, that you are not even necessarily self-centered. Like I'm helping my friends. I am joining another club because I want to meet new people and I want to serve in my community. Mm-hmm. I want to help my friend move this weekend. I need to go home and have dinner with my parents. It's, it's you know, I need to pick up these new classes because I actually want to dual major. Mm-hmm. Right? It's all these things that we stay busy with good intentions, but then it ends up uh, really masking the avoidance of discomfort. Yeah. That we're avoiding this moment of, that's good. Okay, I'm sitting down now, and no one's around me. Like, no one's here. You know, me growing up, I, I have an empty weekend. That's not a thing. You know, and then I filled it instantly with, like, people or things to do. Because those moments when I sat down by myself, I had to answer to the emptiness that I actually felt when I slowed down. And that's why that comfort really ended up being masked with busyness. Because then you have to ask yourself like the harder questions. You have to process the deeper things like emotional pain, past memories, relationships, really asking even the deeper questions of like, what am I doing with my life? What is my purpose here? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I meant to do while living here? Right, and, and it's scary, so we stay busy. Because it makes us more comfortable. Uh, that that hits really close to home. As someone that like has dealt with depression, has dealt with anxiety, there there were so many times where uh, I just wanted to surround myself with noise. Mm. You know, I just whether it was television or you know other people just are around me in the environment or whatever, just things to keep myself from actually having to sit and deal with a lot of that hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe the lie that that stuff was comfort when really all it was doing was putting a, a band-aid over like a chasm, mm-hmm. you know? It wasn't really doing anything effective. Wow. It's scary sometimes to do the hard heart work that we know is like necessary to, <laughs> to get us to where we want to go. So you're right, like we feel it, we feel it. We don't want to be alone with our thoughts. And um, that's a real thing that I think everybody at some point in their life like has experienced. Um, so that one really hits. So busyness, like, brings us, we think it brings us comfort, but but it does not. It's like that false sense of peace. Mm, um, that's good. I think something else, like another lie that I feel like our culture tends to believe about busyness is that busyness gives us purpose. So, like, mm-hmm. as humans, we're all born with this just, like, innate desire to, uh, like, be, live for purpose, be filled with purpose. Like, we want to wake up every day knowing, like, we have a part to play in the history of our world. Like yeah. our actions are making a difference. We matter. Like who we are and what we do, like is deemed like worthy and valuable in just like the history of our world. Uh, there's this famous quote by Mark Twain where he says, "The two most important days in your life 
are the day you were born and then the day you find out why. So like purpose, like we crave mm -hmm. it, we're designed for it, it's just like part of us. Um, but also as humans, I think that we think we aren't like given a purpose, mm -hmm. but instead we have to go out and we have to find a purpose. We have to mm -hmm. go out and create our own purpose. The American dream mm -hmm. DNA within us. Yeah. Like we have to, mm -hmm. yeah. We have to fight for some kind of seat at the table. Yeah, mm -hmm. have to go out and like create that. And that like somehow like our self-made plans um, like will we'll give us the true purpose that our souls are craving. Mm -hmm. So that, I think that's when we start to, like, we're like, okay, like I have to do this. So and then I start filling my calendar and my daily schedule, my weekends, because it makes us feel like we're living for something. It makes us feel alive. Um, and like we start to fill things that we think are gonna help us find that purpose that like we're craving that we feel like we have to build for ourselves. And I, I think personally, like I've seen this in my own life that I equate like lots of stuff going on as in living like a purposeful life because but as i said like being busy actually kind of gives us this false sense of purpose and just some things that like i jotted down that came to my mind like i don't know like our full academic schedule like we'll never be able to give us that true purpose or like your crazy weekend social calendar will not be able to give like you that really deep purpose or doing every extracurricular activity you're having 18 hobbies like that will fill your time, but that's not going to really satisfy that deep purpose that you're longing for or, or craving. And like any all those things that I listed, like none of them are bad. Like none of those are wrong, wrong things, right? Um, but it's like when we start looking to those things and packing them into our schedule, as a like we use that as like an indicator, like okay, now I have a purposeful life. Yeah. And so when we kind of use that as like thinking, like okay, now we have a purposeful life, it's actually like this indicator that we've lost our sole purpose in this life it's I don't, it's like ironic like we're looking for purpose so we shove it all these things into our schedule and then we've actually like lost yeah. what yeah. we're created for because then when we realize oh this doesn't give me purpose you're all of a sudden looking in every different direction mm -hmm. and you're like so where do i go now yeah what do i do now yeah mm. it reminds me of the quote uh bob goff like some sums up the same mm -hmm. thing where he says um may we never mistake busyness with purpose mm -hmm. Because it's so easy yeah. to feel that sense of, of purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think sometimes that like bleeds into this con like this third concept that we have, right? Our first one, you know, busyness gives us comfort. Busyness gives us purpose, and then it bleeds into this concept of busyness gives us security. Mm. Like we yeah. we begin to use busyness as this like outward sign of productivity that that we can. Um, used to measure our success when we can plan out the busyness of our week Then we can now measure how successful and how significant we are We end up finding our security within this concept of I'm needed and I'm valued and I'm significant around the table Whether it's around the table of your friend group around the table at work Maybe just around the table when you sit there with yourself And, and you say am I even significant to myself? Right, but we, we end up saying my security is founded in how needed I am with my friends, how uh, like essential I am at work. Like if I, if I didn't go to work, it would fall apart. Would it? I don't know, I've been watching This Is Us and that's a big question that a therapist asks one of the characters. You know, would your family fall apart if you weren't in control? It's this false sense of security and control that busyness makes us believe that we have when really we're just really trying to seek this control over, am I valuable? Mm -hmm. Am I worthwhile? Am I significant?
And I think the, the reality is when we look at those things, you know, what we're trying to control always changes. We see that now in the yeah. season that we're li living in. You know, it, it changed in an instant. So we, we're constantly, that sense of security is always shifting yeah. back and forth and back and forth. That one really hits close to home because I think as, as I look at how I build my weeks, whether it's like my social calendar or my job, like I really look at, am I going from sun up to sun down, filled with something, and then I'm like, well, why, like, why do I want, like, why do I want to build my schedule that way? And I think as you were talking about this one, like, it really gives me a sense of security about my identity and just about my value and about my worth. And if like a day is a little like lighter than another day, automatically I'm like, I'm terrible at my job. I'm a terrible friend. Oh, I'm yeah. like not a good family member or whatever it is that I can fill my day with. And so like, I don't want to feel those feelings. So I want the security of knowing like my identity's intact for like mm -hmm. with my own eyes. So I'm like, I'm going to fill my schedule because like that is where I, I feel valuable or like worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, in America, that's what... It's, you know, that's what America has preached to us growing up, is that your identity is infused with your work ethic. You know, how significant you are in, in working hard, right, defines who you are. Mm -hmm. and whether you're, like, that's when those moments, like, I've had those moments where it's like, I mean, I work from 8 a.m. until 6, and I feel lazy if I sit down after 6 o'clock at night and sit on the couch and to watch a show mm -hmm. or just to go for a walk. I'm like, man, I have something else I got to do. To feel productive you know yeah yeah that's a good one so so far we had busyness gives us comfort that's a lie busyness gives us purpose that's a lie, lie. <laughs> busyness gives us security lie, lie. i feel like we did this for one of your sermons <laughs> oh yeah i think we did it <laughs> i like it i like it go back and check that out oh uh, but the last thing we want to talk about is uh, busyness gives us status Ooh. and yeah, I think that one I had to like really sit with for a little bit and uh, kind of just like process it. So I don't know, we like to feel valued and we like to feel important and like it's natural for us to desire approval and affirmation. Like if that's, yeah. that's natural, like that's not a bad thing. Like that's just a natural part of human nature. Mm -hmm. And busyness is kind of like this like unusual status symbol in our world today like we talked about. And mm -hmm. I think it's like this status symbol is is driven by like the perception that if we see a busy person that they are like possessing these really like desired characteristics like competence or like man they're so full of ambition mm -hmm. they're driven they're determined they're intelligent they're influential yeah. they're popular like we see somebody busy we're like those are characteristics that like we want so you're now just like what are they doing and i'm, I'm gonna do that too yeah. and so i think it's a status symbol because Busy like gives us that illusion that the lives that we're living are like these desirable lives that other people are gonna want to model yeah. their own life after. Mm. So like I said, we we can like brag or or complain about how busy we are. And I think sometimes like I have to stop and think when I answer like, hey, I, I'm I'm so busy. I'm like, Ali, are you bragging? Are you complaining? Like, where's like my underlying motive in that? Um, but yeah, like as TJ brought up earlier, like in today's world, people are like, hey, how are you? Instead of I'm fine or like, I'm doing good, how are you? Like, are, we reply with busy. Yeah. We reply with and busy. Like complain or brag, oh, I'm so busy. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm busy, I'm busy. Yeah. You know? It's like the spotlight is on us all of a sudden and we have to like justify. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like they're asking if I am productive today when they're just like, hey, how are you? Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we, I don't know, we equate like we're important because we have all these things going on or like we have constant plans 
we don't have weekend plans, then nobody likes me, or I'm not valued mm -hmm. in my friendship, or like, if I'm not taking, I don't know, the hardest academic load, then I'm not ambitious, and I'm lazy, and I'm not driven, or like, if I'm not involved in every, like, extracurricular activity, maybe like, I'm not a well-rounded person, and like, people are gonna think that I'm not gonna be suitable for what's next in my life, because I'm not well-rounded. So, yeah, busyness is like, does not equal status. And then when I think about the word status, I also think about the word, like, approval, Mm -hmm. kind of comes to mind and sometimes we like seek our like busy busy schedules to like blend into the culture around us because we feel that pressure to create a life that like mimics the culture but that's what i love about this countercultural series yeah. is saying, saying like hey like we're not supposed to blend in to the culture around us we're not supposed to mm -hmm. mimic what the culture is telling us to do but it's hard when we get praised for being busy yeah. we're going to naturally want to blend into what the culture is telling us yeah that one it's close to home too just just keep getting yeah. right there <laughs> you know i didn't used to think that i struggled with you know with this lie but god started showing me over time that um that was something that i struggled with that um i started to see that as i as i showed people all these things that i was doing you know whether it was academically or or, or whatever it was, as I was achieving all these things that people were starting to notice. You know, people were like, oh, you know, J Jonathan knows this, or look how much, look how much he's doing. Look how much he's uh, juggling in his life. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, I started to, there was a sense of, um, of, 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 of real satisfaction there. Of like, man, people, are, people see me for what I do. Yeah. People see me. How, for how I operate, yeah. and you know they 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 praise me for yeah. it. Um, yeah. yeah, it reminds me actually of a post that I saw. Um, it talks about the Ten Commandments, and it says if if a pastor broke commandment number one, which is you know worshiping another god above God Himself, right out of the church. If he had an affair out of the church. If he disrespected and dishonored his parents and had a horrible reputation out of the church, if he murdered out of the church, right? We look at nine out of the Ten Commandments, this pastor would get kicked out. But the one that says that we are to Sabbath and rest, when he doesn't, when he breaks that, he actually gets praised. She actually gets praised and lifted up to say, you're doing the good work of the Lord. And then we end up getting rewarded from working the day we should be resting, right? But the church would kick us out immediately with the other nine. But that one actually ends up giving us a promotion mm -hmm. in, in some sixth sense, you know? And, yeah. and it just makes me think about, again, with our work life, you know, if you want to get the promotion, you need to stay after. You need to work an extra 10 hours a week. You need to push, you need to suck up to your boss. Like, you need to produce, you need to stay busy, you need to look busy, you need to hustle. In order to yeah. get there. If you're not doing that, you're not hungry. Mm. You don't have any kind of drive. Yeah. You know, um, I know these lies are, are, are heavy. You know, I know that <laughs> this is some heavy duty stuff. Yeah. You know, it, but it, it takes some time for us to really notice, you know, that these lies are taking a hold in our lives. In our lives. You know, there's a lot of masks, a lot of distractions that we used to dress them up. You know, to the point where we don't even realize that they're there anymore. But something that I really see that, that's beautiful during this season, you know, as, as scary and confusing as, you know, what's going on now may seem, you know, God is, 
using some of this, sorry, some of this time to give us some clarity concerning the things that we struggle with. You know, he's using this time to remove the busyness in order to help us uh, grow spiritually, in order to help us really finally see what we've had trouble seeing, you know, for so long. Um, so as he's showing us these lies, you know, in the season, how do we break free from the cycle of busyness? How do we actually make some progress and, you know, uh, break these lies off yeah. from our lives? I feel like our knee-jerk reaction to, like, combating those lies is instantly a process, like setting up some new habit or setting up some new system, right? But maybe the savior to this idea of these lies of breaking us out of these lies isn't necessarily a process, but it's a person. Ooh. Like it's okay. it, to break us out of yeah. our busyness isn't That's a new good. process; it's a person, right? And mm-hmm. and we end up seeing that, which I love, because Jesus, being countercultural as he is, he says it's not another process; it's a person that'll break you from your weariness, yeah. your exhaustion, your burnout, your frustration, your irritability, all these feelings that you feel is our warning signs. They're the signs saying your life that you're living isn't normal. Mm-hmm. It's not God designed, divinely set up, but it's actually what we've created. Mm-hmm. And then we see that in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. This has been like my mantra <laughs> for the past like six months. The Lord has made me sit in this because I've, I have resonated so much with this truth that Jesus says, come to me all you, all words, all you, who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus doesn't say, and I will show you how to rest. He doesn't say, and I will give you the steps on how to find rest. No, he says, I will give you rest. Him, he himself. And he says, take my yoke, meaning like take the burden. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Like So that yoke is saying, take my ways, not necessarily my burden, because it's talking about take his ways, learn how he has lived. It says, and you will find rest for your souls. Like, I feel like in that moment, my soul just takes a nice, deep inhale and exhale, saying, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I've been missing, is rest for my soul, right? And he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so I think in regards to comfort, like Jesus gives us comfort. Like, it's Jesus who gives us that internal comfort when we're feeling uncomfortable and, and empty and, and all that discomfort. Like, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says, um, Blessed be the Lord, or blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. So if you couldn't tell, the scripture's about comfort. <laughs> they make it clear, like right? Yeah. But he says, what? We are comforted by God. The initial, the divine comfort comes from him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to remember that God is good. And I don't have to look anywhere else for my comfort or satisfaction because it's fleeting. And Jesus' gift that he has given us of comfort and rest mm-hmm. is and should be enough that we have to learn. And we have to just receive. Right. Yeah. That's so good. I love how each lie is combated with the truth of Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, busyness will not give <laughs> yeah. us comfort, but Jesus will give us comfort. Like, busyness 
doesn't give us purpose because Jesus gives us purpose. Like, Jesus gives us empowerment to live out our purpose. And, like, as followers of Christ, if we're sons and daughters of him, like, we don't have to go out and try to find or create our own purpose with, like, the self-made plans. But when we take on that identity, because that's identity, like, as children, as sons and daughters of the king, like, we are automatically given a purpose. I mean, yes, we have to choose to walk in it. Like, we have to be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to walk in obedience yeah. to the purposes and the plans that you have for me. But we don't have to go searching for it. And, like, we don't have to hurry up and try, try to find something or do something to create some meaning. And that, mm -hmm. like, that for me takes the pressure off. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have to go out and try to, like, make stuff happen because you just, like, I've given you a purpose. He reminds us, I love Ephesians 2.10, this for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, like, our good God has created things for us to do. He's prepared them in advance for us to do. And that's so encouraging to me. And I can, like, stop planning and controlling how, like, every detail of my life will go. And I can ask God, like, what have you created me to do for my life? What have you created me to do today, the white space I have in my day or yeah. the busy day that I have? Like, what do you want me to do? And it reminds me, too, of Proverbs 19.21 where it says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. Yeah. That reminds me of something that my uh, that a pastor you know, so in the in in my home church, he uh, would say that you know when we take on Jesus' identity, when we allow Him to be our identity, we also take on His mission, yeah. Yeah. take on His purpose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that when we accept Jesus, we don't have to look for our purpose anymore because we found it mm -hmm. in Him. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I love that. So like, maybe, I don't know. I was just thinking like maybe in this season, some like some of us are experiencing that sense of like purposelessness because like all the stuff that was giving us purpose, all the stuff that we got to choose every day is kind of like stripped away. We're really limited yeah. in this season. Like our schedules are trimmed down to a few basic, like essential things. But I want to encourage us like in this season, like God has still prepared in advance mm -hmm. stuff for us mm -hmm. to do. And like all the other things have been pushed to the side, but he has still like his purposes and his plans for us in this season will still prevail. So I just like could rest in that today, just kind of processing through through some yeah. of that. Yeah, which I feel again blends into this like third uh, like pushback against the lie, which is like Jesus gives us the security. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus mm -hmm. yeah. is our security. And, and we read in Ecclesiastes uh, 3, 12 through 4, it says, I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. And that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. And, th and here's the part. It says, I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing was taken from it. In that moment when we understand that God is in control. He has set all this up and he's never surprised. Right? That God has had his plan of salvation and redemption of his children, right? That he has chosen Jesus, right? From, it says, from the beginning of the foundations of the earth, he knew. Mm -hmm. And in that, our security is now asked to be put into Jesus. That, like, our security is, is knowing that God has a plan for us. And that when we follow the Lord's will, when we're about his business, that that's where our value and identity is in, mm -hmm. right? It's no longer around trying to grasp that straws around the table. It's saying, God has placed me in this workplace, in this marketplace job,
because God wants me to bring his mission here. Mm. Right? It's no longer saying, I want to look the best around the table or to feel significant. It's saying, how can I like show people Jesus through my skill set, through what scripture says, do everything with excellence, right? You know, so through what God has already blessed us with, right? We find security in that and saying, Jesus has instilled good works in me to do and, right, and, and good traits so that I can glorify him mm-hmm. wherever I go, you know? And when we show, and when the goalpost is to show uh, people who Jesus is, it doesn't move. You know, yeah. we're talking about how, how the goalposts are constantly moving when we look to other things for security, but that's always going to be the goal. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we find security in that because it's going to stay right where it's at mm-hmm. at yeah. the end of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, how much more, how much more secure do you feel when you know this is where I can always go to? Right. Mm-hmm. That God is steadfast. Oh, that man. you can always, no matter where you're at in your life or in the world, like geographically or like mm-hmm. in your life, mm-hmm. that God is constant. And he's the only thing that will never change. Everything else will change, right? But we can always go to God knowing you are the one secure thing in my life. Mm-hmm. You're the one source of security that I genuinely have because mm-hmm. everything else will fade away. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And we know, like, we can go to him. I feel like all this kind of, I love how they all have connected, but, yeah. like, um, this stuff gets me hype. Um, like, Jesus, like, he's the one who gives us approval. Mm-hmm. So, like, busyness, we, like, want that status or that approval from, like, our culture but when it comes to like living and being in Jesus like Jesus is the one who gives us like our ultimate approval so like the lie is busyness because of status but I don't know like busyness gives us like the cultural approval that like we're looking for and that that security and like people's opinions like about us but like the only approval that that will satisfy us is, is the approval that comes from just living in Jesus not by what we not by what we do um, just because the approval that we get from Jesus is because of what he did yeah. on, on the cross, like, for us. Like, we're approaching Easter, and the reason why, like, we can be adopted sons and daughters approved by him is because what he did, nothing mm-hmm. nothing that we did. And so it's like, oh, my gosh, like, I can stop striving and, and cramming my schedule to make other people happy. I can learn the wonderful gift of the word no. <laughs> I cannot do that. Or no, I, I will not be able to do that. And, like, we can say no to things. You have to use wisdom. If you're saying no to everything, well, then it might be a different, like, <laughs> issue or problem to process through. But, like, we, we, we can say no because often we don't want to because we're afraid to, to disappoint people. We're afraid to let people down, that people yeah. will, will not ask us. There will, opportunities will go away. Friends will go away. Yeah. Things like that. And so, like, we don't, we don't want them to think that we can't handle the grind or that, like, mm. we can't handle the pace of life that they want to, they want to give us. But, like, we aren't living for people. Yeah. Right, like we're living for an audience of one, which which is mm-hmm. Jesus. And Paul reminds us in Galatians one ten, he says, "I'm obviously not trying to flatter you or water down my message to be popular with man, but my supreme passion is to please God. For if all I attempt to do is please people, I will not be the true servant of the Messiah." Wow. wow! If all I attempt to do is to please people, I will not be the true servant. Oh, the Messiah. So, like, we're not here to please man. Like, I'm not, mm. we're not here to, to blend into the culture that's around us. Like, we're here to please God. And, like, when, when that's our aim and that's our goal, like, that's when we can stop striving and, like, find that true rest and take a rest and take a break, like, from the hustle. And so, like, maybe in this season, 
you're like, my productivity doesn't look like that other person's on Instagram who has made 85 projects and has redone their whole house or has learned 55 languages or because maybe that's what the Lord has wanted them to do. But like maybe like your your life in this season looks different and that's okay because um, you're not here to please people and what they think you should be doing. You're here to please God. So mic drop on that. <laughs> And I think, just if we could take something, I think, you know, we've already, like, the God of the universe has already given us his approval. Mm -hmm. Like, can we just think about that for a second? Like, if the God of the universe has already said, man, I, I approve of you, mm -hmm. you know, where else are we, should we be looking? That's, you know, that's yeah, the Yeah, because the harder question is, why isn't God's approval of you enough? Yeah. You know, anyway, that's a side change. Didn't go there. <laughs> that's going to go deep. <laughs> But the reality of all this is, is, you know, that this season, you know, where we find ourselves in this moment, it's going to come to an end. But the real challenge is, are we going to take what God has been, you know, has given us, what he's teaching us, and take it into this next season? Or are we going to leave it behind? You know, uh, are we going to go back to busyness as usual? Uh, you know, God is shaking us up because he's getting ready to do something brand new. Mm -hmm. You know, he's getting ready to do something that, that we may not even be able to see in this moment. You know, he's always on the move. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the question is, the question he's asking you is, are you gonna prepare yourself so that you can move forward with him? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, and, and the hard part is we're either gonna move with God or we're gonna get left behind. You know, <laughs> but I mean, in the sense of like, um, like God has a plan and it's going to move forward, period. And God wants us so desperately to run with him or to walk with him. You know, like that's why I think it emphasizes like Adam and Eve walked with him in the cool of the day. There was, a, again, no rush in the garden. There's just this concept of um, that we are, we are just at God's pace and God's pace is perfect. And he's the pace setter. And so I think that's kind of maybe a practical step to walk away with. Because throughout this whole conversation, we're not trying to tear apart things that you're supposed to be doing. Right? We're not tearing apart productivity at all. We're not saying to sit around and do nothing. Right? But I did read this quote that was really powerful that said, um, really, to take that moment to assess if you can sit around a whole day and do nothing, will you still feel valuable? Because then your value is not tied into what you do, but who you are. Mm. And I'm just reminded of uh, this concept, again, that Jesus always was about his Father's business. So that's something for us to pray about every morning. Uh, God, what do you want on my schedule today? And I will do it. Because maybe God's trying to prepare you in this season by having you study a new language, which might seem weird. But you're like, man, I just feel this urge, right? Maybe God's actually preparing you to go... And, and serve somewhere where they, that language is necessary when you're serving, right? Maybe God is asking you to do certain things or, or putting that desire in your heart to pursue that is actually meant for his plan further on in your life. And you can look back and say, this was the season things changed because I sought God's plans for me. Because then you'll always feel productive. You won't have to feel busy because it'll always be refreshing. It'll always be at God's pace and God's pace is perfect. Amen. Yeah. And so hear us loud and clear. Be productive, 
right? But for, for Jesus. Be productive for the sake that God has purpose for you and plans. Like, he has a plan for us. And um, all he says is ask. Spend time with me. Sit with me in the morning and ask me what I have for you because I have work set up for you. I have things to bless you, to, to further the kingdom. I have things to give you so you can share with my people, whether it's a word of knowledge or encouragement, whether it's serving with your hands or, or sharing um, your life with somebody. Yeah. Right? God has a plan. And so it's like, are we brave enough to go at God's pace, whether that's fast or slow? That, he, that God's pace is perfect. And so I think that's the, the holy grind, you know? <laughs> that's the holy grind yes. uh, of saying, uh, man, you will find rest when you're in God's purpose and yeah. God's plan uh, for you. Um, so thanks for tuning in. We, we might start a talk show in the in the near future. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm not. <laughs> but we're super excited. After this, after we pray to close, um, you guys are going to get into life groups, just like we did last week. So we are super pumped for this because we want to bring this, not you just like staring at a screen and not really interacting with the material. And so that's why we want to do life groups after our Thursday Night Live. So you can get with your life group, you can talk about like what you've heard, what impacted you, what kind of like struck your heart. All the life group leaders have some questions that they'll leave the discussion with, but really use that time to, to maybe like figure out what was God highlighting to you in this time, in this conversation mm-hmm. about rest and about busy, busyness. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, after I pray, like you guys will go directly into life groups and like I'm so excited to hear about the kinds of conversations that you guys are gonna have like during that time, so. Um, yeah, let's pray to close, and I'm um, excited for you guys to jump in, jump into some life group time. Uh, God, we love you so much. We are so thankful that uh, your presence is here with us each and every week, God, and we are so thankful just to have this conversation about what it means to to do your work, to do um, productive work for God's kingdom. God, I pray that um, just any sense of busyness that we have, God, whether we're finding our comfort there, our purpose there, our security there. Um, and our, I forgot the last one, and status, I did that one, man, season, God, we want you to bring all those things and you to be the source of all of that, that we don't look to a process or a program or to a self-help book, but God, we look to you as the king of the world, as the Lord of our lives, to be these things for us, and God, we love you, and we trust you, and we are excited for this season, um, that, that we are currently in where, where you are our focus, God, I pray that we, we, don't, we don't forget that, that we can fix our eyes on you and um, you will develop things in our hearts and our lives that, that will be better than anything that busyness could ever supply for us, God. And so uh, thank you for giving us true peace, true joy, true satisfaction just by uh, your death on the cross and our relationship that we can have with you. So God, we love you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bye, fam. Bye, see you guys next week.